DJ and PK brought to you in part by Action Plumbing, Heating, and Air. They are looking for skilled HVAC technicians, plumbers, and electricians to join the Action Superhero team. Paid training, help, dental benefits, and a 401k match. Call today and join the Action Plumbing Superhero team at 801-833-3333. That's Action Plumbing. Time now to talk a little Utah football. We do the red and the blue every Friday. Time for the red with the former Ute. Kyle Gunther right now. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease in a handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Kyle, good morning. EJ, PK, how are you guys? We are doing well. I'm curious. I don't want you to lie to us like you usually do, Kyle. I want the <laughs> truth. 2.15 comes on Saturday afternoon. Are you going to watch your Utes, your boys? You're red through and through. You played at the U, but it's Idaho State, and you know you are much, much better than them. Or are you going to kind of drop in, check the score, maybe have a second screen going, maybe have it down on, you know, your phone. But really, you're watching BYU-USC to get the scouting report for the conference opener Friday night in L.A. Well, BYU-USC is a more intriguing game. You're right, and then you got to get a look at what USC's doing, but – I am excited for Utah-Idaho State because Utah is going to be playing a lot of backups. You saw some of that against NIU. The Utes are trying to figure out their depth, and that's a storyline to keep an eye out for. But, yes, my son has a soccer game. There's a lot going on. Uh, I got buddies that are trying to say, uh, can we go tailgating at 10 or 11 a.m.? So it's at least better than, what was last week, an 11 a.m. kickoff? So, uh, you know, if you're trying to party and hang out and make it an all-day event, the 2 p.m. kickoff is nice because you don't have to get there at 6 or 7 in the morning or do any of that nonsense. But the youth need to figure out what their rotation is in the secondary and in, uh, on the offensive line. They had a new center, right guard, and right tackle against NIU. So if you're interested in the long-term health of Utah, keep an eye out for some backups. You're going to see a lot of Jordan Wilmore at the running back spot. So, yeah, there's still some storylines to keep an eye out for, but – the Utes should score 50 against Idaho State. So on that offensive line, Kyle, they kept a couple of guys out. Uh, Kyle, the, the, the big Kyle, doesn't like to talk about injuries <laughs> and so forth, so you try to avoid it just be out of, out of respect for his policy and fine. And so I don't necessarily know that they were, they were serious injuries, but he kept guys out. So what are you looking for? from the cohesive nature of the offensive line with the, knowing that, you know, it's, it's Idaho State, so it's hard to evaluate it. But still, what do you want to see? Darren Paulo's been an elite player at left tackle. I think he's first team all Pac-12. Braden Daniels, as a freshman, has been incredible at the left guard spot. He's been very good. Now, they had Paul Tawala in there at center last week. He and Orlando Umana are very good players. They're fine. The big key was Nick Ford playing right guard. He's been playing right tackle. He is a guard. He can play left or right guard. It doesn't matter. But his true fit is at guard, and he's an all-pack 12-level guard. The youth need to figure out the right tackle spot. And, of course, Nick Ford can play tackle, but he should be a guard. The youths are still waiting on some eligibility stuff for Bam Olaseni, but he needs to be in there. Simi Mawala struggled last week at right tackle. A few times he got spun around like the knob on an outhouse door, and you can't do that. you got to keep your feet set. He's new to the offensive line. So 
not to just focus on the O-line, but what other position group had three new players on it? So that's a storyline to keep an eye out for. Uh, the issues were not severe against NIU or against Idaho State, but they, they will be severe against this USC defensive front. USC is not a great team right now, but their front seven on defense is pretty good, and that D-line is the second best in the conference. Utah's the first best, and I think Utah's D-line might be one of the best in the country. USC's D-line is good, too, though, so you've got to keep an eye out for that, and the Utes are looking for answers. They may have to go to another freshman at tackle if they can't get Bam in there. So uh, I would say the concern is that the Utes have had to shuffle around the O-line twice in two weeks. Remember, against BYU, they shuffled guys around. I want to say Paul Tuwala played guard. Uh, I, I think uh, Paul Miele played guard uh, as well. They had, uh, or Johnny Maia, I believe he was in there at guard. So they've had a lot of different guys play that right guard spot, but Nick Ford needs to be the main set. So uh, without going too deep and killing us with the O-line talk, I am a little intrigued about why <laughs> a guy could be so good at guard and not at tackle. Does it come down to quickness in space? No, look, Nick Ford's good at tackle. He's better at guard because he has more power. He's better in short area power situations. They call it getting in a fight in a phone booth. That's okay. what playing guard is like. You've got about a foot on either side of you to move around, and you've got to be able to jam guys at the line of scrimmage. He's good at tackle. The issue is Nick, uh, the Utes couldn't find a better guard. If they had a right guard, Nick Ford would still be playing tackle. So that's the concern, is that Nick Ford can do both, but they don't have a good enough player at guard. But, yeah, to answer your question, DJ, it's more about the short area quickness and power and burst, and Nick Ford has that. Any concern last Saturday when Julian Backman went out with a little bit of an injury? He came back in, obviously, he got an interception. But the NIU offense attacked where he wasn't and scored a touchdown. Yeah, they did. They, they found Vontae Davis, and uh, he was out of position, and they did make that play. Look, you're playing Division One teams. NIU works out in the offseason. Their coaches get paid. The players are trying hard. You're not just going to blank every opponent. I would venture to guess Utah's defensive line and their, their front seven, they're going to finish in the top ten in the country in stopping the run. NIU could do very little with that, but... Yeah, they made a play. It was a nice throw uh, by Garbers, and they ended up uh, – I think that was when they tied it up at 14. It was a nice play. But, yeah, they, they found a, a bit of a rotation in Utah's secondary. But we talked before this season. The safety spot was the one area of question. You had Blackman and Burgess in there, and they're both good players, but you will need some depth. You mentioned Blackman coming back. He's playing like an all-Pac-12 player. And we saw those instincts before at corner. He was a good player at corner, but the Utes wanted to try him out more as that center fielder. And so, yeah, you got Vontae Davis, who I don't think he played much a year ago. He's a Juco guy. He got out of position. And any team can make you pay. Even Idaho State might make you pay. But, no, I think Utah's corners have been great so far this year. And NIU's got to throw the ball a ton. Idaho State, they're going to try to throw the ball a ton because when you're down – What are you going to do? You're down by a score or two. You're on the road. You can't just run ISO dive plays against this Utah defense. So you do want to see Utah shore that up because in a week you've got to play a USC offense that throws the ball a ton. And USC doesn't have to just throw the ball deep. The nice thing about if you're a USC fan and that receiving core they have is that those guys can turn an out route into a 40-yard play. Michael Pittman 
Amon Ross St. Brown, these guys, if you miss one tackle, they're going to run for 40 more yards and they're going to score. So that's how USC creates its plays. Its players do it. Their players can break tackles and execute on their own. And that's what they talk about when, when they say a receiver is a playmaker. It means you've got to catch a short ball, break a tackle, and make something happen on your own. The Utes are still waiting for more guys to step up and do that. But looks like Brian Thompson could be that guy. He had a big game against NIU, and he created some plays on his own. So when you now that you've seen USC and it's not a huge sample size, and you're obviously you're going to get a peek at him here against BYU, uh, are most teams just going to try to keep the whole game in front of them, drop back, dare him to you know put together ten play drives and all that? Because Riley uh, Riley Jensen was on with us and was talking. I think it was Riley Jensen, maybe it was Riley Nelson, but one of them was saying, "Hey, Stanford went with a lot of man coverage. You know, it's kind of a module. All right, we'll our guys will cover your guys. Yeah, no, they won't. Uh, is that just suicidal is that just a horrible freaking idea no utah's got better athletes in the secondary than stanford and remember usc didn't have much going on in in the early goings keaton slovis was brand new and uh he wasn't that elite player until the second half opened up and if you watch the plays that usc made you know slovis wasn't throwing 40 yard bombs down the middle of the field he was making quick accurate passes and USC's receivers were making Stanford pay. So to your point, though, DJ, or, or to Riley, any one of the Riley's points, yeah. if I'm Utah, I don't want to just sit back into a zone and let Keaton Slovis make short passes and then just tackle guys because that's what the Utes tried to do last year against Washington State, and it backfired. Gardner Minshew made enough plays down the stretch, and there wasn't enough pressure on him from Utah's defense that he did make the right decision. The Utes were not able to confuse him. Now, they might feel differently going up against this freshman in Keaton Slovis at USC, and so they will try to confuse him some, but if I'm Morgan Scally, I'm dialing up a ton of pressure. I'm getting the ball out quickly, and I'm trusting that my defense can make tackles. Stanford's not an elite team this year, and they had their backup quarterback in there as well. Something tells me if K.J. Costello was playing in that game, Stanford would have run away with it. So let's not overreact to USC's receivers essentially taking a game over. And what did you make of Stanford's run game? You know, Stanford's got some of the best tight ends in the country, but where are the receivers? Outside of, you know, they they had J.J. Arcega-Whiteside last year. He did it all on his own. They don't have him this year. So I'm not convinced that USC is a world beater. However, they're the second-best team in the division right now, and that receiving core is very good. But if I'm the youth, I'm sticking with man coverage because that's what they've done for the better part of 25 years. And you've got to get more pressure on Slovis than what Stanford did. So I think that'll be on Utah's D-line, and I think they'll mix in more pressure than what Stanford did. I think Kyle Tyler Huntley has been brilliant. How much of it is Tyler Huntley being brilliant versus the level of competition? Well, the level of competition has been down. And give Tyler Huntley credit for making the accurate passes. His completion percentage right now is 77%. If the throws are there, he's making the simple throws. I thought the post route, he, I'm sorry, the corner route he threw to uh, Brian Thompson was his best throw of the season this past year. He threw it with confidence, and uh, he allowed that play to happen. He should have had two or three more of those against BYU, but there were drops from the tight end. So Tyler Huntley has been accurate, and he's, been a, uh, he's got a big arm, 
but we knew that. The problem was, a year ago, they were asking to throw it 30 and 40 times a game. Now, Andy Ludwig's not doing that. So there's a reason why Tyler Huntley looks so comfortable and so confident. It's because Andy Ludwig is letting him lean on the run game, and Tyler Huntley's still making plays on his own with his legs. I think the Utes had about 150 yards total last week with Zach Moss, with Tyler Huntley, and with Jordan Wilmore. So the run game is elite for the Utes right now, and it's because of Andy Ludwig's ability to, to rein in Tyler Huntley a little bit. Tyler Huntley's good in short spurts. He needs to throw the ball about 20 times a game. Troy Taylor last year was asking Huntley to throw it. I think he threw it 38 times against Washington in September. It's too much. So the Utes are in a position right now where Tyler Huntley's not having to show much. But when he is, he's making accurate and confident throws. But, yeah, Huntley's a senior. He's in his third year starting. He's bigger and faster and stronger than before, and that confidence is showing. But, yeah, he's going to look good as well against Idaho State. We'll see. He's got to continue to be judicious if he wants to limit those turnovers. But I believe the Utes are the only team in the country without a turnover or a sack right now. So I think you've got to credit Andy Ludwig and Tyler Huntley for being veterans at this point. You know, I went pretty hardcore with that O-line question early in the interview, and I'm feeling a little bad about it now. I'm a little disoriented. You know how, like, you come out of the pool, you got water in your ear, and nothing sounds right? I've got that kind of thing going on. So... A non-football question, more a fan question, because you hang out with a lot of Ute fans, too. That was not a good crowd at 11 a.m. when the game kicked off, and Kyle said so afterwards, and we've talked about it, and some Ute fans get all defensive, but it just it wasn't a good crowd. There were a ton of empty seats. Do you think if it's a conference game against a name-brand opponent, especially if it's in November when youth sports is dialed back, and people are avoiding an 8.30 November game, they'd be okay with it? Or are 10 and 11 a.m. kickoffs just a lousy idea? I don't mind the 11 a.m. kickoff at times. It would have been better attended had it been a conference game. But do not feel bad making fun of the offensive line. It's a very fun and easy thing to do. Even offensive linemen love doing that. Offensive linemen are like mushrooms. Just keep us in the dark and feed us excrement, and we'll grow, and we'll just do our job. But it's 11 a.m. When are you supposed to crack your first beer at a tailgate? Drinking at 10 a.m., that's rough. Most guys don't do that. So you're going to get the kids up. I mean, there's soccer games, there's basketball, baseball, things going on. And it was NIU. So, yeah, the attendance was down. But haven't the youth sold out every home game for the last eight seasons or something or ten seasons? The youth fan base has shown up in droves each and every week. But it was a beautiful Saturday at 11 a.m. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Uh, I thought it was interesting that Whittingham mentioned the attendance. It's an 11 a.m. game. You want these guys to show up to the tailgate lot at 7 a.m.? It's just that that's a bit much. So the 11 a.m. kickoff, though, is kind of a, it's an answer to the extreme late-night kickoffs of the Pac-12. The Pac-12 would love a 3.30 p.m. kick. You're not always going to get what you want, though. Sometimes you get what you need. And the Utes were one of the only shows on in town at 11 a.m. But, man, you've got to get yourself dressed for the game three hours before. So the youth wake-up time was probably 6 a.m. It's a weird adjustment for the players, for the coaches, for the fans. I would look at last week as more of an anomaly. What do you think the slogan the next two weeks? Let me see what you think of this. Slovis, BYU, Utah, back-to-backs. Slow the slove. The slove. Uh, slow the slove. I like it. Uh, I think it's... <laughs> I think it's more about slowing down USC's receivers. But remember, Keaton Slovis, if you look up his recruiting profile, 
he had an offer to, I think, Washington State, Vanderbilt, which probably means it was Andy Ludwig at the time who offered him. And, like, you know, Colorado, Colorado State, this is not your typical USC quarterback. So let's read into what this means. Last year, the rumor was the players did not like that JT Daniels was just handed the starting job. Now, JT Daniels was elite. I feel like USC asked too much, and T. Martin asked too much of that young freshman quarterback. Yeah, he can make these elite throws, but USC's offense was based on JT Daniels throwing the deep ball, and I feel like that was asking too much. Then you had Jack Sears and Matt Fink, who the players reportedly rallied around, and then both of those guys get beat out this year by a true freshman, and then Sears and Fink, who have both flirted with transferring, and then at times they both expressed their commitment to USC. My point is, there is some drama behind the scenes. USC just had to fire their athletic director. So I feel like this is a house of cards right now. I do not feel like Keaton Slovis winning that job is just like, oh, good for him. He's a good freshman. Yeah, he's a good player, but so was Sears, and so was Fink. There's a lot that Clay Helton has to deal with right now, and I can see USC imploding. I think BYU is going to take them down to the wire. I think USC is going to lose at home to Utah. I think USC is going to lose either to Washington or to Notre Dame, and I think the wheels might start to come off. I thought that's what happened a year ago. I still feel like USC is on the verge of doing that again, but no, I don't think it's just like uh, like all, all's fair and love and war and Keaton Slovis just beat those guys out. No, I think there's a political game going on behind the scenes with USC, and it backfired a year ago. I'm not confident that USC can just turn it around this year. Kyle Gunther joining us every Friday, part of the Red and the Blue. we got a former Cougar and a former Ute on. Kyle, we appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on. DJ, PK, appreciate you guys. Take care. Kyle's one of a kind, isn't he? Breaking it down, man. Yeah, no doubt about it. A lot of passion there when it comes to football. And so I'm, I'm, I'm interested in finding out the things that he said about SC, how much truth there is in terms of that coming to pass. You know, obviously that will play out over the next several weeks. All right, there's Kyle Gunther, former Ute. Uh, We'll react to what he said. You can jump on, grab the phone, use the open mic, give us your takes, 855-340-ZONE. The phone lines are open. And we'll talk with the former BYU linebacker, Brian Keel, coming up at the top of the 9 o'clock hour, 9 to 5. I got to pick a bone, or bone to pick, whatever that phrase is, with uh, one of our listeners. Really? You can't do what you did. Really? Yeah. Poor listener etiquette. You just can't do it. Bad listener take. We'll find out what the problem is, and then PK will also, after defining the problem, offer the solution. That's next, 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Tampa Bay snaps a seven-game road losing streak. They beat Carolina 20-14. to Stop the Panthers inside the five-yard line right at the end of the game. More NFL football coming up Sunday night. It's Philadelphia and Atlanta. You can listen to the game on the Zone Sports Network. Sunday afternoon, a couple of intriguing games. Kansas City is at Oakland. And a rematch of the NFC title game, New Orleans. The Saints at the Rams. College football tonight, 20th-ranked Washington State facing Houston at 7.15 on ESPN. That follows North Carolina and Wake Forest at 4 o'clock. 
College football tomorrow, 1.30, BYU and USC on ABC. Trojans are a four-point favorite. 11th-ranked Utah hosts Idaho State, 2.15 on the Pac-12 networks. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Syringa Networks. Verizon customers, if you were recently notified that some of your telecommunication services will no longer be supported, contact Syringa Networks. Syringa is Utah's fastest-growing premier telecommunications provider. They have a full range of services. Call them today at 385-420-7881. That number again, 385-420-7881. That's Syringa Networks. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. David Locke, play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz. I saw you were trying to sell some Gobert State on Twitter. You said, I'm not doing it just defensively. I'm selling some of this offensively, too. My real estate on Gobert Island, I mean, I've got a palatial estate. <laughs> I have had great acreage on Gobert Island <laughs> as a top 10 player in the NBA. You know, we have great space and I have super views and there's no construction. And I go to the coffee shop on Gobert Island. There's very few other people on it with me who believe he's a top 10 player in the but it is at times lonely and I frankly need to make some more money so I'm willing to parcel off some pieces of my land but it'll be nice when I go to the coffee shop and have some more people around to talk to. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. PK, it was so good to see you in your element last night, rocking it out at the OD concert. Monson, on the other hand, that dude looked like the grandpa that he is. Mm, brother. <laughs> DJ and PK buying or selling a home. Homie will give you up to $5,000 back to help you with closing costs and fees. Remember, it's simple to get started with Homie. See more at homie.com. <sighs> From now on, yes. when I go to a show, uh-huh. and I went to Old Dominion at the State Fair last night, and I had a phenomenal time. They're my favorite band. I've been saying that for a couple years now. I saw on social media that you were indeed having a good time. I'm wearing a disguise. <laughs> I didn't have a chance the way our morning has gone. It hadn't occurred to me. It occurred to me earlier. I said, i got to ask him how much he likes being that big a celebrity, and then I... <laughs> Hadn't had a chance on the air and hadn't thought of it when we were off the air. Because I was thinking when I saw the photo, I'm like, well, the first thing I thought is, your wife's not facing the camera in the photo. And I thought, she's happy about that. And I thought, I wonder if PK's happy about it, though. That was the first thing I thought. Because she used, you almost got her on TV once. She's very, uh, she, she, went to, uh, she went to lengths to make sure she did not get on TV. She scrambled out of position. <laughs> right. So... And I get that because that's how my family is. They're like, do not drag us into your show. We know how PK is, and that's fine, but we're not fodder. You be the fodder, we're out. I've kept Honey out. You have. <laughs> and, and, and the kids are on the same page as her. I've they're kept all them like, out. I know, and they're like, we're out. You guys go do your thing, knock yourself out, leave us out of it. And I think your wife's the same way. Like, hey, have all the fun you want. Don't bring me into this. I have not mentioned that your daughter has won multiple beautiful beauty contests. I've never said anything You're on there. Just making stuff up. <laughs> I've oh, you want to keep that under wraps? That's fine with me. A, I want to keep everything under wraps because <laughs> I know my happiness depends on keeping it all under wraps. I, I just don't think when I go out to a show that I need to see my face on Twitter. Okay, a fact. You do not need to see that. You don't. B, 
You're a bigger celebrity than you I'm think you are. I'm just a schmo, man. I, I know that's what you want to think. But when you come on the show and say, Spence Eccles doesn't know who I am, I'm like, Spence is a huge sports fan. I mean, I realize, you know, the family made a big pile of money in business, and he's a philanthropist, and he's heavily involved. But at his core... He likes to sit down in front of the TV and watch games. He likes to go to the arena and the stadium to games. He absolutely knew who you were two decades ago. And you're like, I'm a schmo. Nobody knows. I'm like, oh, yeah, he does. But I don't want to see myself jamming on Twitter. I get and that's that. what I got here. Yeah, I get that. But. And now I get that, Yak. Did you pay somebody to say that? I did not. <laughs> I did get a text last night from somebody saying, hey, PK's here at this concert. I'm like, yes, I know. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? It's Old Dominion. It's not breaking news to anybody who knows PK. He talks about him on the air. He talks about him off the air. You They're, like the band. What's wrong with liking a band and going to a show? And see, the funny thing is it makes you uncomfortable, but somebody in the stands is like, sweet, because they're there because they like the band, and they're like, he's not kidding around. He's having a good time. This is great. And you're just, everyone's having fun, and you're slowly getting uncomfortable. They were awesome. I had a phenomenal time. It was great. How long did they play for? That's always been through. I feel like sometimes people just mail it in, and I feel like when you give us like an hour 20, an hour 30, it's like, I want to hear two hours. Tell me that. I think it was hours. close to two. Nice. If I recall, I, like I didn't look and see when they – because they had two other opening acts, a guy named Michael Ray, who, as you know, is engaged to Carly Pierce. I really did not know that. <laughs> Like uh, here's some other facts. I don't care. <laughs> happy for my. I hope the kids are happy. Yay, kids! I hope you're happy. Michael Watch Ray is an up and coming country guy. He's yeah. got some songs on the radio now. Engaged. His fiance Carly Pierce. Hide the wine. Ever heard that tune? Nope. It's a great tune. All right. I'll They're going to get together. Okay, I'll tell you that in the country realm, uh-huh. Carly Pierce and Michael Ray would be your times James Taylor and Carly Simon. That's not really my time, but okay. Sure it is. No. no. They're older. Well, yeah, but... That wasn't really... Music, you tend to skew a little older. I mean, music, you go younger, you go older. I mean... See, that, that's one of the big differences. You and I aren't okay, far okay. apart in age, but you have older sisters and I have younger brothers. Okay. So, I'll go more in your time. Oh, boy. Now I'm going to pay for that. I should Steve just, Lawrence and Edie Gourmet. <laughs> I knew I should have just agreed with you the first time. <laughs> I'll go now more back, your time. So the other two were half a generation. Okay. Now you're full on back into my parents' generation. Sonny and Cher? My parents listened to Steve and Edie. Uh, I mean, I know a Sonny and Cher, but that wasn't really my thing. But yeah, let's I mean, obviously. see. No who, other musical couples who got married. Uh, and that's what Michael Ray and Carly Pierce are about to be. And so he came on. He was second. And then uh, a break to, to set it up. And then Old Dominion came on. And and they were really, really good. I just let me rock in peace. That's all I ask. I don't want to be. Yeah, so I don't want to be self-conscious of people taking photos of me. Celebrity America, 21st century. I got bad news for you. Wishing, wishing it won't make it so. <laughs> Play that again, Yach. The guy was watching me rock. PK, it was so good to see you in your element last night, rocking it out at the OD concert. Monson, on the other hand, that dude looked like the grandpa that he is. <laughs> That's bad. That's bad, 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 bad. I think from now on, if you're going to mention me, you got to come up and say hello, so then I know. 
well, careful, you're going to have a line of people wanting to talk to you instead of you hanging out with, you know, the, the friends you go to the show with. Your I wife, didn't say whatever. talk to me. I just said say hello. Say hello. Oh, PK, yo, that's it. <laughs> Don't take up a lot of time. A syllable. Two letters, one syllable. PK, yo. All right, for you, Dar's Day and Rock Hudson. <laughs> and now we're back to my grandparents. <laughs> I'm trying to come up with a comparable. Give me a comp. Yeah, give me a comp for... Well, you've gone back to the 70s twice. I thought that I mean, was good enough, but apparently I'm, that wasn't. I'm, I'm a little kid. I'm not into it at that point. You know, here's a funny thing, because my parents weren't that into music, and you had older brother and sis, or older sisters to get you into it. I had younger brothers. So I really got into it in college as my college roommate. So I learned music backwards. You're right. You can know music that's older than you. I learned music backwards hanging out with college friends. Trying to think a good comp that DJ can really wrap his well, arms give me, around. Give me somebody who got married in the 80s and 90s. Quit going with the 70s, 60s and 70s couples, or in your case, the 40s and 50s. Shall we go with Britney Spears and our good friend uh, Justin Timberlake? Okay. Oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> were they married? They were an item for a while. I don't think they ever got married. I mean, I mean, obviously, Justin is just happy with Jessica Biel. And for that matter, who wouldn't be? <laughs> good, good decision by Justin. Okay, you are Keith Urban and Nicole Kidman. Now you're talking. All right, so, he says, trying to end this. Uh, so the listener you wanted to rebuke, was that the listener at the show last night or somebody who's been on social media today? Because well, before a picture of me on break, Twitter. Yeah, I know. I, mean, I saw it. On. I was on Twitter last night, and I saw it. Just let me boogie in anonymity. That's all I ask. Mm, no. A man has a right to boogie. Fact. In anonymity. Not so much. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Because <laughs> you are in the public square where you earn your living, and it is part to ask for all this tremendous and flame and fame and glory. Well, you kind of did. Oh, I actually, didn't. When you you started... asked me. I didn't say, DJ, can I come on TV? You asked me. It was implied. You invited me. <laughs> you did. proposed to me. I did, but it was also implied. You keep telling me, hey, we got to get you this contract. You got to sign this yep, thing. I do. That's true. I, I did that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just a guy who wants to go home on Saturday mornings and mow his lawn. <laughs> There's no chance. You're a guy who wants to sit at home and watch sports on Saturday while the wife goes out and mows the lawn. She will not mow the lawn. Or... Hires somebody and keeps the American economy moving because money's got to change hands. I've never hired a lawn service. <sighs> You'd be okay with it. I'm contemplating it for next year. So I got I to gotta tell you, I didn't want to do it. And my wife said, we're doing it in the tone that says, we're doing it. How long are you going to argue about it? Because you're going to lose now or you're going to lose later. This is how it's going to be. So we did it. I got to admit it was a good decision. She was right and I, I was not. I've never done a lawn service. We have from Mean Uncle Dave. He tweeted at me, somebody of your genre, George Burns and Gracie. <laughs> now, this is, <laughs> well this done. Is, this is nonstop now. Of course, it's not. I mean, he, he, he puts himself out there as Mean Uncle Dave. Sure. So, right, I mean, right. he's got to right. be mean. DiMaggio and Marilyn Monroe. Let's just get it over with, people. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Eddie Money died. What? 
Two tickets to paradise. Eddie Money is gone at 70. That sucks. All right, we're not supposed to end a segment on a downer, and yet it Well, I just clicked to. on Eddie no, Money, no, and I, I see that, and we're talking music. It's breaking news. That's where you got to go take advantage of it, man. I'm telling you. Time is short. It really is. And Old Dominion closed with life is short, make it sweet. It really, really is. Knock off the nonsense, man. And just you got to enjoy it. Go to the football games tomorrow and have a great time. Win or lose. If they win, you'll have an even better time. I get that. But take it for what it's worth and have a great time going. The opportunity just to go is something to be grateful for. And to be outside tomorrow is supposed to be a beautiful day. Hopefully for the Ute fans, it won't be too hot. And just just freaking enjoy it. Enjoy the moment. Like it's Eddie Money's gone at 70, man. That's, that sucks. And I went and saw a concert last night, and I'm already looking about, okay, when can I go see him again? And I'm going to go see him in Vegas. Uh, my goal, here's what I want to have happen. Thursday... December 4th, I'm going to be in Vegas to see Old Dominion. You know what I want to do December 5th, a Friday? Get on Twitter and see a bunch of photos of yourself. I do not. Oh, I've not been oh, paying I'll be attention. An, I'll be anonymous down there, I would think. Although, oh, I, I don't think so. Yeah, actually, in I Vegas think several so. times. Yeah, there's way too many. <laughs> yeah. There's way too many Utah. Almost every time in Vegas, Phoenix, I go to a show. Vegas, L.A., San Diego. There's way too many Utahns to go to all those places. But you know what I want to do the morning of December 5th? It's a Friday. In fact, I already have it booked. Already uh, have it is booked. There a course, you're going to golf at? No. Oh, I'm going to get on a plane from Las Vegas to San Jose. Oh, uh, that's Pac-12 title weekend, yes. right? Yes, yes. There I am go. anticipating, and I've already booked this. And, and folks, man, I would, you fans, I would advise you to book it. And you go that one airline, and you can uh, get the money back and use it for later because they're way cheap. And then I got a flight back coming back on Saturday from San Jose to Salt Lake. For like 120 bucks total. And then if they don't make it, I think they will. Pretty sure they will. But if they don't, then I just refund it and use it. To not refund it, but just extend it for a another trip down the line next season. So enjoy it. Enjoy the moment. That's my, that's my theme of today. Enjoy the moment. Because the moments go by so freaking fast. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Well, in honor of now, the late great Eddie Money. Just saw the news on Twitter right before we went to break. Eddie Money, passing away at the age of 70. PK, it's a Friday, and we'll be breaking it down shortly with Brian Keel. We were breaking it down with Kyle Gunther. We do the red and the blue every Friday, but it's Friday. You like some fun. You like something weird, something different, something odd. This could be a day full of weirdness. Maybe it'll carry over to the weekend. I don't know. It's a Friday the 13th. And it's a full moon. A 
rare full moon on Friday the 13th. What's the weirdest thing that's going to happen in sports? Tweet at us right now, at David DJ. Washington State's going to run the ball 67 times tonight. Weird. Yeah. Who are you? And what have you done with your head coach, Cougars? Kyle Whittingham's going to jog out on the field in bell bottoms. <laughs> that would be weird. Button-down shirt, open to the navel. What? Gold chains around his neck. Quinn says, you know, it'd be weird if you guys posted an intelligent and relevant question. Well, Quinn. Okay, I'll go with you on the intelligence. Is that Snyder? But No, Quinn Stevenson. Uh. But it is entirely relevant. Today's Friday the 13th and a full moon. Those are fact. It doesn't get more relevant than that. Oh, that is just freaky spooky. Intelligent on the other hand. Yeah, you might have me. Jimmy says Utah's going to lose to Idaho State. That would be the weirdest thing of the weekend. That would bring everything to a grinding halt. Jim McMahon is baptized into the LDS faith. Daniel says Utah State loses and BYU shocks the world again. Utah State doesn't play. Good point. And John immediately jumped on Facebook to say, the Aggies don't play and PM me for a large wager on the Trojan game. Jake says USC wins 70 to 3. 70 to 3. Yeah, Olroyd's a good kicker, so I suspect they'll get. <laughs> they'll not play through. Yeah, he's, he looks like he's going to be very, very good here. Did he get that year back? Is he just a freshman again? He's a freshman, yeah. Yeah, wow, he looks really good. <laughs> you got to be excited about that kid. You got to hope he stays healthy because he yeah, I mean, that kick against Tennessee obviously had a ton of pressure. You would have thought it was in the backyard. Good to have a kicker. Yeah. You're going to be in a tight game at some point. Yeah. <clears throat> and usually it just comes down to the team that wins, scores the most touchdowns win the game. So when you were talking earlier in the, in the show about go put the ball in the end zone and put USC under pressure and make them play, just don't make it a cakewalk for them. Well, right. But you, you want him to pat. Point after touchdown? Yeah. Okay. But there's going to be a game. And it already happened once. You're going to need that kicker. It's obvious. Every team does it. You're going to need it. You're just going to need that the New Orleans, a 58-yarder the other night. You know what I mean? You're going to need it at some point, no matter who you are. You're going to need it. Well, you talk about the Utes and that big win they got against Oregon after they lost ASU. They could have messed up the division. And Matt Gay kicked six field goals in that game. <laughs> and they won by seven points. So yeah. have a kicker. You're going to need him at some point. Right. Two things you need, a kicker and a bucket of chicken. What? (laughs) I'm trying to think the last time I literally had a bucket of chicken. Four o'clock. No. (laughs) A.M. Four a.m. on the way into the show. KFC, I need an emergency delivery of chicken. I need the big bucket. Yeah. Don't bring a medium or a small. When Stingy says his bucket list, it takes on a whole different <laughs> meaning. <laughs> and none of that extra crispy nonsense. No. You're fried, so you want to be fried. hey Because <laughs> some of the parties that I've heard you and Honey throw. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Because I know some people who live down the street from you. Yep. <laughs> 
Yak, remember that one I had you at? That was a 3 a.m. rager. Wow. I got some good friends. Yak left right before down the, the street. Yak left right before the neighbors called the cops. That was a good yeah, time. Yeah, you too, just fighting over that last wing. <laughs> <laughs> Mine. Mine. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. All right, enough of the nonsense. We're breaking it down next. Brian Keel, former BYU linebacker, the red and the blue on Friday. We had Kyle Gunther on earlier. If you missed that, the whole show's podcast. You can get it at 1280thezone.com. Actually, the, uh, the 8 a.m. hour ought to be up here in a couple minutes. Yacht gets them up pretty quick. It'll be at 1280thezone.com. It'll be on Stitcher. It'll be on iTunes. Where else will it be, Yacht? Google Play, Spotify, everywhere podcasts can be found. You'll find us. There it is. So if you missed Kyle, you can find him there with us. And stick around. And we'll have Brian Keel next on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.